November 29, 2023, it's a lot for Pedro's show. That's, that's the, that's the uh, impression a lot of people got anyway. You know, they said, man, how, how do you guys remember all that stuff, you know? We, we, weren't, we weren't really remembering much. Just the basic changes and and everybody else just tried anything they wanted to try on it. So. And Monk, he's always doing something back there that sounds so mysterious. And it's not mysterious at all, you know, when you know what he's doing. Show. Happy Tuesday. No, it ain't. It's fucking Wednesday. 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 The last Wednesday. Yeah. Mercules of the month, yeah, right? Yeah. By by November, right? Countdown. Uh, Friday, Saturday. Yeah, I'm gonna play with Perk for it and Fadden's B Day at the Mint. Oh, bitchin'. Yeah, and in fact. Speaking of Perk, he asked me to do these gigs. Yeah, I can't wait to hear more. time's out. Can't wait to hear more about that. (laughs) Okay, yeah, we played last Friday some no-prac gig, Uh but it was, yeah, I blew some clams. It was interesting. Bitching. Downtown, so like, thing that appeared out of nowhere, Uh but it was cool. Uh, Also, Chris Corsano's in town. He's uh not yet. He's coming. He's going to record in the desert, and then uh, he wants to record with Joe Bison. Oh, mm. bitchin'. And then the, uh, a couple of days later, come here to Pedro. Wow. Like on the 21st. Oh, bitchin'. I beat it. Cool. Me, Joe Bison, and Chris Corzano at the Dean. Righteous. Yeah. 
Righteous. I went by, I went by the D. Joe Biza pad earlier. Well, D. Boone looked upstairs. You talking about on 19th Street? Yeah, near Harold's. It's in the alley. Yeah, I went, uh, I went over there before mm-hmm. I came here. It's on, uh, Historic Cruise. I think it's... 960. I can't remember the number, but it's got a number. You uh-huh. know, it's in the alley. But it's 19th and Pacific, Southwest mm-hmm. corner. And uh, Joe Pizer lived underneath Deep Boone there with uh, Gary Jacoby. Mm-hmm. Deep Boone almost died of pneumonia upstairs. Miss Weisswasser helped him come back. And that's where we started the minute. And you can tell, Brother Matt. We are not men alone. We have a guest here. Right on. All the way from the Val. Well, Philadelphia, via the Val. Welcome aboard, Stevie. Hey, Matt. Hey, Mike. Welcome to Pedro. Thank you. Okay, earliest music. Oh, well, I should tell people what they heard. John Coltrane talking to August Bloom, 1958, June 15. Talking about remembering stuff. How could he remember all that stuff, right? Thelonious Monk. Well, he wasn't. He was just playing in the moment. That's how he explains. But he says, if you played by memory, you played it better. And then we had Split Red with Un Poco Foco. No fire. Okay, earliest musical memory. Stevie, bring it. I think it was uh, Chuck Berry, My Ding-A-Ling. Right on. And biggest, my, biggest hit Chuck Berry had. In my dad's car. White you know, Lab. Even White though Lab. he wrote yeah, all those hits. Johnny Be Good and Roll Over Made Home, that's his biggest <laughs> song, is Dangling. Because <laughs> the festivals, that's uh-huh. that year, I guess. And uh, when you were growing up, was there musical instruments? No. So, were you in the school band or the choir? No. I came from an uh, athlete family. Yeah, but in the school sometimes nope. some people no. play. So were you an athlete then too? Yeah. What uh, sports? Uh, when I was younger, I did football and then lacrosse as a, in high school. Mm. And my brother and my dad and my nephews now. Mm. And niece. Cool. What was the first record you bought with your own money? I'm pretty sure it was Fat Boys. Fat Boys. And then, did they have the Sugar Hill Gang behind them? I don't think so, but I'm not certain. I wonder if they did. What was the first gig you saw? Uh, The Jackson Victory Tour. Jackson Brothers. Yeah. Wow, cool. Yeah. What year was that? I think it was 1984, but I'm not sure. Huh. And uh, at Franklin Field in Philadelphia, which is long gone. Where Eagles used to play. Yeah, I, I believe so. Yeah, I remember on TV, Brother Matt, you could see the street. It was a weird kind of yeah. place for NFL. Wow. You could like, see the street yeah. and shit. <laughs> Chuck yeah. Bednarik. Yeah, and uh, we got a quarterback from them. The Polish... Rifle or something. What's wow. his name? 
Ron Jaworski. Jaworski. Yeah, that was that was my era growing up. I think he's the guy who took over after Roman Gabriel. Uh, shit, uh, right? I don't remember so well. My nephew was named Boutros Roman was Gabriel. The big place. Or, yeah, I Roman. saw a trainees. Yeah, they had a bus. Trainees, trainees had it. Yeah, but I think had a bus <laughs> where they'd all go to the game when it was there on. 22nd. Yeah, I just saw old Rams quarterback on the Iowa recently, uh, Ferragamo. Vince Ferragamo. They did the sports oh, watch. Which thing. I think was Weimar's guy. Yeah, right? yeah, Banning. Harbor College. Banning, yeah. Wow. Banning, right? Pilots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Vince Ferragamo, local. Yeah. Ended up coaching. I know and that. A quarterback. Uh-huh. Uh, okay. So, you end up on guitar. How'd that happen? I tinkered on it in college, and then after college, I kind of committed to it. So, yeah, that's when I really, you know, started focusing on it. No, how'd you get it, though? How'd I you get it? College had it. Um, I don't remember. I think through a friend, he Who's left around playing. Yeah, he left around. Like there was this harmony. With you know the super high frets, which at the time I thought that was a good move to really get the calluses going, but it's unnecessary torture. <laughs> high frets. Super high frets. Okay, which well, even worse is super high strings. Yeah. Right. Both. Yeah, I guess. Uh, and so you playing on his gave me you, you the idea that you wanted to play. So when did you get your first guitar? I will, I guess I'll say at the end of college, and I, you know, I bought it just because I was working. <laughs> well, you bought it not by accident, right? No. I went to the store. You bought it on purpose. Yeah. Because you like playing on your friends. Yeah. And so I want it lower, I want it lower action. Did you ask him to give you lessons? No. Try to teach yourself. I, I tried a couple of lessons, but they would never take. And so I just kind of figured it out myself. And, you know, I'm not, I can play what I play, but I couldn't necessarily play Happy Birthday for you right now. So did you try to learn off records or what? Did you just start writing your own stuff? What'd you do? Yes, I think because I couldn't do that, I was trying to, you know, mimic Electric Miles or Grant Green and uh, just because that was the music I really loved at the time. And then uh, and then I started writing song, my own songs. I mean, just riffs. <laughs> and what about playing with other people? That happened, that started happening, like, in, in college I sometimes would play with this one guy, um, a little bit and then after school I started playing with my friend friend Jim Coglin and it was just the two of us in, in the uh, the basement at his place in South Philadelphia and do do uh, do gigs we did yeah we did uh, we were together for I don't know I'll just say three years or something like that and we what was did, his band called it was just it's called Red Ox <laughs> Red Ox, no. you gave me a Red Ox song. Yeah, so it was me and uh, Nebadon and uh, Bill Johnson and T.C. Owens. And so that's the first band you're in? Yes. Uh, 
Do you remember your first gig? What was the first Red Ox gig? I I don't remember it. Yeah, I honestly don't remember it. Why Red Ox? I don't even I don't even remember. It's just <laughs> You know, I wanted the word red, you know, for and and then I don't yeah, I don't know why I came up with maybe because it was slow music and and I was just trying I think of oxes as heavy or something or slow. Not a good reason. <laughs> And you can't remember the first, do you remember any of the gigs? Oh, I remember a lot of them, yeah. Just not the first one. Not the first one. Okay, let's play uh, some more Split Red, because there is one Red Ox song, but it's next out. Stay out of my way 
Live from Pedro Show at Chunky Music, start off Split Red doing Texas Mercy. And Crying the Boys doing a dick song. Dicks hate the police, but they call it Croy hates the police. <laughs> Sky Furl's brand new. Tune's called Old Morality, though. Speaking of Chris Corsano, there's the Corsano Flower Duo. Got this from Derek Moneypen. Hmm. A river that turned into a raging fire. Oakland Afternoon Ensemble after that with homeostasis. says this thing twice here. Oakland Afternoon Ensemble. Must really be. And then finally split red with R. Montanza. Montanza. I guess somebody's name. How long does Red Ox stay together? I think about three years. To, yeah, three years yeah, sounds about right. And what happened to it? Why did it fall apart? I'm not really, I don't really remember. And then, uh, so when does Split Red happen? I think that started in 05, and we were together for, for I guess... What's I'll the just, difference? Is there different people? Yeah, different people, different people. We're one of those bands that have multiple singers, so I think we maybe had five singers, at least four. Who was in the first version? The first version was... Uh, Nate Farrar, uh, myself, obviously, um, Dave Flaherty, and Matt Engel on bass. And who changed? The singer? The singer, and several times, and, uh, oh, duh, and I forgot to mention Travis Woodson. Travis Woodson was the second guitarist. Um, like these songs we heard, Un Poco Loco. Texas Mercy or Matanza, are they the same singers? Uh, they aren't, but you know the other people. Travis, Travis is the uh, guitar player. Right. Yeah, like so I said. So who's who's in which version? So I um, have no idea. You just said put Split Red on the. Yeah, it's it's this. The first version was, um, I I believe that was with Nate on vocals and then the uh, other version was with Nebadon Adams. He was he was a singer who was also in Red Ox. And then um There are some people. I asked you if there was people that blended over from both There bands. yeah, there is. I thought I said yes, but um and then Brandon Seabrook is on uh, a track on Who is? Brandon Seabrook who Yeah, I know you who know Brandon and play Seabrook with is. Collaborated with some recordings. Yeah, I've never played with him. And we connected over our mutual love of the Minutemen. And he was in the, one of these versions. Nah, of he, he just played. Uh, he guested on the records a little bit, just on a track or two. Was he on any of these tracks? Uh, I I can't remember which tracks I submitted to you, to be honest with you. But he, well, the ones we just played were on Poco Loco, Texas Mercy, and our. Townsend. Yeah, he might he might have been on Texas Mercy. Okay. Do you remember the first Blood Red gig? 
Man, I don't. I know it's lame. I can't remember. I remember a lot of the gigs, but I just don't remember that first one. Do you remember what, what was the early one like? Uh, it was at a friend's a barn party in Germantown, near the Sun near the Sun Ra House. Was it different than Red Ox? In terms of which? Just the the whole thing, the experience. You no, there was the it was similar. Um, you know, playing with friends, and um, there was a uh, you know similar. I mean, very similar aesthetic for both of them, and playing a lot of the same venues and houses and barn, as I said. So was it like an evolution, or was it kind of repeat? I guess no. it was. It was. Maybe right between between because repeat you're and evolution. Because you playing more stuff and you're writing more stuff, so is there kind of a development? Um, yeah, possibly. Yeah, possibly. I I never thought about it that way, but maybe. Well, like okay, the material. How did Red Ox come up with material? Was it your songs? It was me and Jim Coughlin, the drummer, were writing the songs together. And then when you moved to Split Red, what's the song writing like? That's me writing the songs, but, um, and then the, you know, singer being the lyricist. But, you know, the for both bands, the musicians themselves had a huge, you know, they were basically producers, you know. So their, their parts were imperative. It sounds like the drummer was more involved with the songwriting than Red Ox. Yeah. And was Split Red not so much? No. It was it was myself bringing, you know, again, just bringing riffs and those those guys developing the harmonic stuff. And, you know, the drummer in, in Split Red was uh, Dave Flair. The, Ricardo Lagomasino is on, in the second, on the second album, uh, the second Split Red album. And, uh, oh, there's more than one drummer? Yeah. So who's the drummer on the first one? Uh, Dave Flaherty. Okay. And then the drummer on the second one is Ricardo, Ricardo Lagomasino. And how do you know met. these guys? You're living with them? Going to school with them? Um, Jim Coughlin from the first band was a was the, like a lifelong friend of a close college friend, Jim Dalton. And uh, then the, I don't, like, and we just met the rest of the band through mutual friends. Actually, Nebadon Adams is uh, like his... Uh, stepdad is Rick Iannacone so and Rick Iannacone is someone that all of us would go see a lot yeah I'm not sure if you've heard of him but he he played with Shannon Jackson and Billy Paul and Harold Melvin but he connected us and then the rest of the guys I guess you know Travis was just like a super music fan and who was the guitar player and you know for Split Red and well, yeah. one of them you were the other guitar player yeah but he was the stunt guitarist, is you know. Stunt. St you know, like I always hear is like stunt guitarist for Adrian Ballou or what's, Steve Vai. So what's it? What's a stunt guitarist? I guess the the wizard, you know. Oh, because on the second Blue Oyster Cult album, Eric Bloom's credited with stun guitar. Oh. But there's no T. It's stunt. I like that more. And uh, D Boone liked it. That's why. Chose Deep Boom. Yeah, I think. But he never said he played stunned guitar. <laughs> uh, stunned. So the, the the like what the guy who plays better or the guy who does the 
lead parts? The lead part, and definitely better. I mean, he's a, he's a great player. And how'd you find him? Uh, you know, I forget how I found... He's Redhead to stud guitars too. Correct, yeah. And that was Travis Woodson. Yeah. And you know what? I, I, I'm trying to find out what's the difference between the two bands. Between It's just the people. Yeah, it's the people. Yeah, it's the people. But it seems like it's kind of similar. Yeah, it's. I, th- I think the more I think about it, yeah, it's it's a similar thing. Yeah. <laughs> Just different people. That means it must have been your play, your idea then. This band. Yeah, it was definitely my idea. It was my idea, but you know, they Did were they split, were very important. You know, split red record. We did. We recorded... Uh, like this stuff here? Yeah, yeah. The, the the first batch of material never was officially released just because of the whole different singer thing and timing. And uh, But then the second record uh, came out on New Atlantis, Ed Rickert. I don't know if you released with him. No, I don't know about New Atlantis. Yeah. I know it, there was a some raw album called Atlantis that Atlantic put out. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it was he got it from that. I he, wonder. He's got big ears. That's a trippy record, Atlantis. Yeah. We're at the end of the first hour. Uh, November 29, 2023 edition of the Watford Pedro Show. Special guest Stevie Bono. Old Time Fire 2. November 
Exactly where it goes The operator on the table Is more than able To infer That it's a strawberry treat When we're coming Start off the second hour, the split red doing Road to Aguilaris. And B. Jones, draft one of Serotonin Chasers, Sharky Face. We had Angela Edwards on last episode, Sharky Face. Underneath, Bob Lord with the Incident in Exeter 1965, Position Normal, part 9 to 10 of their Whistle Conversion. Split Red with a song called D-Boom. Yeah. Bombas Prendon, A Russian Grind. Eugene Chadbourne, Ascension, is played by Artificial Intelligence. BXMR with Own Thang. Circus Devils, Strawberry Limousine. And then here's Red Ox, Spaghetti and Western. So, yeah, we should have played... Red Ox first, but didn't know the timeline. <laughs> 
did a split red tour? No, I mean we did a handful of you know DC dates and New York dates, but we never did the uh, the big tour. Uh-huh. And what was the arc of the band? We just did some local gigs? Yeah, we played a lot of shows around Philadelphia, and then we would go up to New York here and there. And I actually don't think we played, you know, south of Philadelphia until our last group of shows. That, that Baltimore. Yeah, so that band ended in, like, early 2014, because I moved to Chicago in 2014. On my way out here. And once you were gone, the band was gone. Yeah, yeah, that was the end of the band. And, uh, like Spaghetti and Western, is that one where you and the drummer wrote the music and the singer wrote the words? Correct. And, uh, you know, it's like a corny reference to Ennio Morricone. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. You wouldn't hear it by listening to music, though. You wouldn't know that. I mean, I think a lot of my the, my favorite music doesn't sound like Red Ox or Split Red, because I can't play that stuff. But that's where it comes from. There was from. a Baltimore band called the Oxes. I think they're instrumental. Mm. About Fifteen years ago. And that guy, baby, baby leg. I don't so know that name. Managed him. Yeah, it was a cat who worked at the auto bar. Okay. It's trippy. I know it's just a coincidence. Red Ox and Ox. There was a, bu- a band out here in the old, the Oxbow. Huge. I know about them. Yeah. The cat from uh, Whipping Boy. Yeah, I haven't gone deep with him, but I know he's a bad dude. Yeah, he got way back. And, and Diesel too. That's right. Like. Pfft. Yeah, he's be but. All this kind of beefy dude and uh, intense appearance. Yeah. Yeah. Weapon boy, what a name. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think he like maybe was on Stanford football team. Yeah, or something. Or something I guess. I would okay. be surprised. <laughs> he was yoked. Or, he probably still is. Well, he had another band after. Maybe it was yeah. Oxblood. That's what they were called. Yeah. Oxblood. Oxbow. Oxbow, yeah. that's it. Oxbow. A whipping boy way back. Amazing. That's what I remember. Uh, and then, okay, so you moved to Chicago, you stopped doing music? I was playing weekly with um, with Mark Shippey and Pat Sansom from uh, US Maple. And so we were just playing weekly, and then uh, we didn't. I lived there for two years, and we didn't gig until, you know, the month before. I moved. We did one gig, and then we did a recording. What was it called? I think I called it Happy House or something for that one gig. Yeah, but you uh, and one that, gig and recorded once. Yeah, and that was at the Hideout that we did that gig. Okay. And that was fun. It was funny because we opened for Ty Siegel. It was like unexpected. I didn't know we were going to open for him. And at that time, you know, I'd heard his name, but I didn't. I wasn't familiar with him yet. And there's like a reggae artist named Bunny Siegel. So on the way to the gig, someone said, oh, you're opening for Ty Siegel. And I thought we were opening for a reggae artist. So, And they were amazing. And they all, they all watched our whole set, which I really appreciate that. But they were probably watching Mark, Mark Shippey because he's such a brilliant guitar player. Do you know, have, are you hip to Shippey? 
might have or been U.S. On Maple. That Waskovich put together. Uh, oh, you know what? I think you were. What, Matt Waskovich will put together. Super groups. In fact, he just had me. Just sent me chords for a new tune. Yeah, he'll just more scarcity of tanks. Of things, and all of a sudden, I'm part of these little ensembles. He's really good about that. Now, now he started. He got a Vicano line. He's driving dudes around, brother man. Oh yeah, chauffeur like in the gigs. Little like bandmeister. Wow. <laughs> like not his band, but he makes it happen so uh, dudes can do bands. Oh, oh bitch, that's yeah. cool. Hey, was He's been cool. working with Johnny with that from the Antlers in Long Beach at that oh. studio, Jazz Cats. Yeah. So he's been around he, here or still in Cleveland? No, he'll, he'll come here. Wow. Of course, he's still in Cleveland, but he was at my gig at the Beachland Tavern. But he'll fly over here to Long Beach Airport, oh. and he'll work with Johnny and Tom Watson, Raul Morales. Oh, bitch. Nice. Sometimes Pete. So, yeah, he puts together these projects. Righteous. And Mark Shippey might have been part of some yeah, of things. Yeah, definitely. I know the, the guy, Doug, from... Uh, Guy by voices, he's gotten him. He's gotten Brendan from uh, Fugazi. Ian's band, yeah. Damn. And uh, I guess Mess Aesthetics now too with Joel Allen and, and Anthony Pierrot. Anthony, yeah, I played with him in Baltimore. Yeah, but he'll do like that. He'll great. get these guys together to uh, put together. You know, maybe not play together in the same room. Although he does that with the Long Beach stuff, but a lot of the stuff that I do with him. I just give him the tracks, and then he has other guys. So I, I never played with Mark Shippey in person. Yeah. I think I played with him on some pieces. Or he might have jumped on my on my pieces. Yeah. Uh, but that, that's bitching about Wasco. He's such a lover of music. Yeah. That he'll help dudes get their thing together. Pied Piper. Kind of Pied Piper, more of like a... <laughs> Pipe Piper's like people following, right? Uh, okay. Going the tune. He's more... He, he'll try to get it going and stuff. Like like I said, he'll, give, he'll send me chords. He'll send me, okay, I want so many uh, verses, so much bridge and shit like that. Yeah. But he's... he's a neighbor. Uh, I say he's more of a neighbor uh, than Pipe Piper. Sure, he's sure. He's not like, follow me. It's like... Let's just get it happening somehow. Somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I got one right here. Hidden Rifles with Mark Shippey. Hidden Rifles. That's what I didn't know. It's more than just a tune. I think it's yeah, a whole it's like album. Yeah, it's like nine tunes on this yeah. across the neighborhood. That's right. And one of the guys is from uh, uh, Michael Band, uh, Swans. Oh, Norman Weisberg. Norman. Oh, nice. Westberg. Norman was the guitar. Yeah. So yeah. Norman and Mark are the guitarists on this project. Damn. And I can't remember who the drummer was, but I think they were all living in New York City. Jim Sykes. Oh, Jim Sykes. Jim Jim Sykes. And I, I coincidentally, I met Jim. So, I met Shippy through Jim Sykes because I had this well, job. Well, they, they're buddies. That's how Wasco gets this to happen. Yeah, which Jim Sykes was a teacher at University of Pennsylvania, where I had like a part-time job there, and so he connected me with Shippy. Okay. So. Small word. Gratitude for and. He's a bruiser drummer who also uh, studied Sri Lankan music. I mean, he's like an ethnomusicologist, so total freak, amazing player. I played yeah. him in Spin Cycle. Yeah. Yeah, I liked playing bass to his drums. He did good. He did good. And the two guitar guys were good, too. Uh, Walter and Mark. Yeah. Uh, play. Uh, 
But Wasco, this idea, you know, in fact, he was asking me, his con lines get worn out, so he might have to get a tra- uh, transit. Uh, he's getting, getting a review stuff. from you? This is, yeah, <laughs> this is just to get other cats. Like, what was his name? Mr. Bishop. The, Island Bishop? Well, uh, uh, yeah, he was doing guitar with Mayo and stuff. In fact, Tom Watson was supposed to be part of that gig and couldn't make it. But that was Wasco toting him around. Wow. Yeah, it's beautiful. In the old days, you had that too. You had cats, maybe not in the band, but they wanted, they loved music so much, yeah. they, they made it happen. Yeah. You know? Uh, sometimes I think of Joe Carducci like that in a way. That not everybody has to be in the band. You know, people think that bands are just the cats on stage. A lot of times, bands are lots of other people. You wouldn't yeah. see. Especially a gig is like that. A lot of people you don't know are making the big gig come together. Yeah. Or you hearing about the gig or whatever. You know, there's, it's all about people. Uh, Speaking of people, very important person, brother Matt, please bring your spin cycle. Right on. Of iniquity. 
enchufen.
wrap it up. Yeah. What made you do what you did, just did to us with your spin cycle? Well, I'll blame part of it on you and you guys, because I got some new Watt music from Hiori up in a Tascadero and at the Sardine that I got to break out. All so right. uh, that was Kennedy's right there for Joe Kennedy. I got to get a cop. I got to get a copy of that to give to the Kennedy family. So that was a bitching one. And then um, part of his old pad is now part of the Dockside. Yeah, it's cool. It's, have you been you down there? there? Yeah, yeah, I've been a few I times. Just drove by it right before I came here. Yeah, killer stuff. Then we had that Wasco project that yeah. you guys were talking about. We had right, hidden rifles. You and Steve McKay in Ireland. That was bitching. That's right, Estelle. Yeah, and uh, that was the name of the Irish yeah, guest. Yeah, yeah. That was very cool. Then I had uh, hung out with Richard fucking Bonnie the other right. day. So I threw some Joe Strummer in for him. And then uh, I want to give a shout out to Roy in Bakersfield. He's a tiki. Yeah. Got a tiki bar. I was yeah. sitting in Anaheim tiki bar. Trader Sam sitting next to this dude. Start talking. Minute Men fan. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so Roy in Bakersfield got a cool trip going on. Does he know about T Boone's Pop? Love Bakersfield. Yeah, He's yeah. He, okay. That that's the, the roots there. Absolutely. And uh, then had um, some people tika music in there for yeah, Scary absolutely. Terry's birthday coming up. So. Um, yeah, so big love to everybody there for the influences. Saturday. Saturday at the Wigwam. Saturday at the Wigwam. Monsters on Vacation version. Okay. Look, we're at the end of the second hour, November 29th, 2023 edition of Show. Hold tight, fire three. November 29, 2023, it's the third hour of the Wapfield Show.
corpos acumulando histórias da luta pra existir Todos querendo sair em tal vagar e só confiar na poeira e no tesão Transition Emerald, Ray Shin out of Reno, Surveiller, and then finally Church Courts, Recent Middle. Brother Steve, enlighten us to Church Courts. What is this project? Church Courts started in 2016 at the end of uh, my time there. I recorded with. with there. Uh, time there. Chicago. Okay. And. Um, yeah, so I uh, I did this session and there was a bunch of people and there was I think like six or seven people. I had horns and arp and pedal steel and um, 
anyway, I was trying to synthesize, you know, a Sabbath type of thing with an electric miles type of thing. And when I mixed it, um, it sounded really bad. It, to me, it sounded like, uh, like the Miami football marching team playing Iron Man. So I was completely bummed out and, uh, I knew I would reuse, uh, the music cause there was a lot of really good playing on it. It's just the concept didn't sound good. So I basically, uh, started reusing it and we, um, had a new rhythm section, uh, track, uh, with, with Johnny machine and our John Herndon and Ben boy and Devin Hoff. And, uh, By this time you've come to SoCal, right? Yeah. Yeah. But this is 2016 when I got here and then, um, got to Los Angeles, Mount Washington. And, um, so I basically started, uh, giving tracks to different musicians and, over time, like I thought it would just be instrumental. And then at a certain point I wanted to, I figured I would add singers. And initially I thought it would be, uh, even though I was in Los Angeles, I was going to keep it all Chicago, uh, all the musicians who contributed, but that proved too hard to pull off. Well, a so, lot of Ch Chicago musicians moved to SoCal. Exactly. I mean, that's why, like yeah, like Johnny and, and Hoff Jeff and Parker. I mean, even Hoff, like he, he was in Chicago for, for a minute. He's in New York for a little bit now. He is, yeah. but he, he, um, he connected me with a lot of people when I got to Chicago just from his short time there. Yeah. And, um, and then Ben Boy, uh, who also plays with Ty and Bonnie yeah. Prince, Billy and Sun Kill Moon. Um, so I just started giving these songs to different musicians and then I started sampling, taking other samples from the initial session in 2016 and I just would hand out like, uh, not hand out, uh, kind of just give out, in a, in a certain way what you're saying about, uh, is it Waskovich or how do you? Matt Waskovich. Yeah, so I started giving it out to people and then this guy Ricardo Diaz Gomez who I connected you with, um, he started writing, like we met randomly, um, not randomly, but he was visiting, um, Los Angeles from Brazil or Portugal. And, uh, he said he was open to writing lyrics. So he just started writing lyrics for pretty much all but two of these songs. And then I took his, the lyrics that he wrote and I had different singers sing it. So a lot of the church chords material is lyrics by... Who sang on this magnet? Uh, that that is Akko Castro and yeah. and um, and then Ricardo. Akko is a, a friend through Philadelphia people who li she lives in Los Angeles. She's a really amazing artist and in person and uh, yeah. And I mean I don't think she recent she's, mineral and recent mineral. That's Genevieve Artadi, who's also from from here from Los Angeles. And that was cool because Ricardo wrote lyrics in Portuguese and English. And uh, she's learning Portuguese, so she took uh, she took a chance and sang in Portuguese. And well, like this, poco foco. Yeah, that's just. It's not fuego. It's foco. That's Portuguese. Yeah, that's you know. You know the baixo. Yeah. Navajo. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's close on paper. They look close, but when you hear them, they sound so much different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and is Johnny on drums on both these? 
Johnny produced Recent Mineral, but I think that's all drum tracks. And then it's Eric Slick also playing. Because there's a lot of double drums and double of everything where, like, I took, like, two different sessions and meld, meld them yeah. together. Sure. And, uh, and then, but Johnny's on Sweet Magnet. And then Kenny Wallison, I'm not sure if you know him. He plays with, like, Frizzell and Zorn and Waits. He, he's playing drums. And he has these things called a marching machine. And the marching machine is a... a uh, like a net with a bunch of uh, clogs in it, mini clogs, and he just sl- slams them on the ground. So you hear that. And he's doing all that trippy, uh, the steel drum stuff. He's so doing percussion as it moves. Yeah. yeah. And then Jeff uh, Parker does that burning solo on the, the outro. Okay, here's what about this one here? She lays on a leaf. Let's listen.
Smile. 
Fly for the Reverse Show. Last music for this edition. Start that chunk off with church chords doing. She lays on a leaf. Then we have Bronson Caves. Bronson Caves, that's Desel. Mm. And uh, I think Paul uh, Paul Rosser recorded that. Maybe it's uh, the rest of the band is the, uh, what's Bob Lee with uh, Jonathan? What are they called? Biter. What are they called? No, I can't. I can't think of their name now. But he's on bass. Backbiter. Fucking idiot. Anyway, this is Bronson Caves and this song called Stabby Eyes. Snore after that. Blame. This is the cat. They, they lost their bass player. Oh, oh, snore with with Anthony. That's right. Right, yeah. Very, very much a drag. Terrible. Man, oh man. He's a great dude. Terrible. Well, Anthony still is. It's the yeah. best band they lost. L7 after that, Flowers of Romance. This is the L7. Not with the numbers, but the letters, people. Larissa on guitar. And a band with a John called the Laughing Hyenas. Kevin on the bass. Mm. Moved to Philly. Was in a band called Mule. Oh, I never knew that band. Jim Kimball. And then finally, church chords with the Teal Lysol version of Sweet Mag. So it's the same song, but what's the difference? Um, different production. The first one is um, this guy, Ben, Dave, ben Lazar Davis. Um, he did, essentially for this church chords project, um, every song has two to three <laughs> mixes, like two, th- two or three different productions. So yeah. Um, basically the long one, uh, it started as that long one and then Teo, you know, it's, you know, Teo Macero reference and then Lysol is a reference to the, the Melvin's, uh, um, classic album. So I basically, this guy, Ben Davis took the initial like 10 minute version and then shorted it and down. And instead of it sounding like a, a long, you know, piece, it, um, I, I mean, I I think yeah, or like I mean, un- yeah, and unintentionally it sounds kind of like uh, like Don Cherry Brown Rice, but that's all that's all Ben Davis's brilliance. He's he he so he did a lot of production on it, and I know him from Philadelphia. Yeah, now you said off air people, drumming. You play drums. You I still am playing guitar. Yeah, I play a little guitar and I play a little drums and, you know, I've, I've probably done like, I don't know, five or so shows on guitar in Los Angeles since I've gotten here, but um, I still haven't really started a band. I'm hoping to do that soon. And then I was in a band um, that where I played drums and I think maybe that's what I shared with you and we, we were together for a minute. Just come back on, please. Of course, man. Okay. People, it's been November twenty-seventh. No, November 29th, twenty-nine, two thousand twenty-three. This is your walk, Pedro. Keep your powder dry. Yeah.